Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. Well, I want to speak to you today about trauma, and it, and it goes perfectly in line with what it looks like sometimes to serve on a board at River's Edge. Because uh, <laughs> sometimes it can be traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> but we are going to be talking about unlocking new levels of peace and how we can experience peace of mind, but through purpose. And I know that we all have at some point gone through something traumatic. And sometimes we can block that out, and sometimes while we, there's nothing that we can do that can block it out. And no matter how hard we try, there's just no way of living life in the day-to-day without being reminded of, of what we've gone through. And I know that when it comes to trauma, it is such a, a difficult topic. And I, I, I can't say that I am qualified to speak on this. But I believe that the scriptures are. And what I'm going to do today is I'm going to speak to you through the lens of the scriptures. And I believe that that is what gives me my qualifications through the work that I've done in my life as a a servant of God and as a minister of the gospel and having studied theology for my entire life and, and gotten a master's degree in it as well. I believe there are certain things that I can bring to this conversation and this topic that maybe you may not hear somewhere else and may not fully understand it in the same way, because I believe that the wisdom of God provides insight into this topic in a way that we ultimately may not be able to fully understand or grasp unless God accompanies us on this journey in understanding it. And so I want to speak to you how trauma ultimately is just a response. It's, it's, it's your response, it's my response to something that has been deeply disturbing or distressing, something that has happened to us that we just cannot fully overcome in the natural word and sense of its application in our everyday lives. It has a way of just making itself apparent in our relationships, in the way that we make decisions in the way that we sometimes just interpret life events, in the way that we can sometimes overreact as well as underreact to the things that are happening in the moment. And when we talk about trauma, it's often described this way. And so people who are specialized in this area, they talk about it this way. They talk about it in terms of being acute, And they talk about it in terms of being chronic, and then in the way that it is also complex. And when it's acute, it's like a one-time event. When it's chronic, it's it's about a long-term response to that event. And when it's complex, it's just a response to multiple 
and ongoing events that just haven't really stopped. And this is something for us to, to just evaluate very quickly as we proceed, because I need you to make an assessment right now in your own life if the trauma that you've experienced, is it acute, is it chronic, or is it complex? Answering this question helps you to understand the level of healing that you're going to need. If you don't know how to answer this question yet, don't be so concerned about that because the definition that is being put before you is something that may just inform you in the moment, but the healing that you need and are requiring may come later. But the thing I can say about trauma is that it reveals the wounds that you can't see and how they can hurt as much as the ones that you can't. And so if you were to kind of figure out, like, what is it that is traumatic in my life? I think that you can do it by the wound that is still open, where you feel like you haven't healed from this yet, where you feel like this is definitely something that I need healing from. And so when we think about the wounds that we have experienced and the wounds that we have and how everyone maybe can't see it, but we can, we can then sometimes open up about these things. We can sometimes go to a person and say, you know, here are the wounds. Or people look at us and they say, why are you like this? They don't understand the trauma that we've experienced the influence that it's had on our lives and, and how it's very much shaped our, 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 our personalities. And so what God does is that he, he wants to help us to be a reflection of who he is in, in all aspects of, our, of life and, and not just in our everyday life. And so what God does is that he, he comes with his presence and he reveals those things through people who start pointing out the things that might not be whole and healthy about us. And without us necessarily understanding what it is that they're pointing out, they may actually be pointing out a traumatic wound. And, and, and they may actually be highlighting an area of our life that has caused this trauma in us that now is just making us maybe a difficult person to deal with. Maybe it's affecting our behavior. It's, 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 it's somehow just distorted our personality. And, and, and as a result, people are not necessarily able to embrace us and do life with us at the level that we want and desire and, and, and aspire to and hope that they will do that life with us. And then we keep wondering, what is it about me that I, I can't keep friendships? What is it about me that I can't keep a relationship? What, what is it about me that I keep having conflicts at work? What is it about me that always seems that there's something that makes someone not want to journey and do life with me? And without fully grasping the extent of this and not oversimplifying it either, we can sometimes overlook 
that there is indeed a trauma that we have not given enough attention to. And so the first thing I want to speak to you about is how trauma reveals the violators of our heart. The Bible describes the heart as being the very place from which all issues of life flow. And so when we talk about the mind and we talk about the spirit and we talk about the body, we understand the importance of this organ called the heart. How it pumps the blood to every part of our being so that we can live and fully function and be able to do all the things that we need to do. The heart is key to everything. And that's why when we talk about relationship with God, we often describe it this way, invite Jesus into your heart. Because it was a concept that in the Old Testament, it spoke of everything. And so when you invited Jesus into your heart, you invited him into everything. Everything that touched everything. And so when we ask you to invite Jesus into your life, we're also asking him to come into the innermost parts of your being so that he can heal you in the areas of your life that you cannot reach on your own and begin to do a work in the areas of your life that can be described as traumatic. And when I say the violators of your heart, I mean the very things that have affected you so that you don't have as strong a will as you would like. And when you don't have a strong will and when you don't have the discipline to follow through on what your thoughts are encouraging you to do and what you're telling yourself and what even what others are telling you to do, when, when we don't have control over that area of our life called will, then you know how easy it is for us to fall into addictive behaviors. And you look at yourself and you say, how is it that I'm broken in the area of my will? And sometimes the area where we're broken is in the area of our emotions. Doesn't take much for us to just snap, for us to lose it, for us to go on a tirade, for us to, 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 to get so angry that it doesn't even make sense because it doesn't even reflect the event that occurred. And yet there is no control over that emotion. Sometimes that emotion can lead you to a place of deep depression where you are self-loathing and unable to love yourself and you are unable to forgive yourself. And as a result of that, you continue to self-sabotage because your emotions are what is being affected by the traumatic experience. And so God says, I want you to pay attention that when I speak to you about the heart, I'm speaking to you about the will, I'm speaking to you about these emotions, but I'm also speaking to you about your very mind. And when he says by mind, he means that all the things that we have in terms of not just knowledge, but, but here's where he adds to the knowledge. And he says, it isn't just about knowing, but it's about applying that knowledge, and that's where wisdom comes in. You see, sometimes we know things, but we lack the wisdom to put it into practice. 
You can be informed on a lot of topics and be so, like, capable of winning, pers- uh, you know, what's that game? Trivial pursuit. That's what I was thinking of. Like, you're just one of those knowledge people that when you watch Jeopardy, like, you're amazing. You've just got the knowledge. But you know, people who are usually good at knowledge really suck at wisdom. Did you ever notice that? (laughs) The smartest people can sometimes be the most socially inept. Isn't it true? And incapable of reading the room. They can give you every answer you need in the room, but they just can't read it. See, sometimes knowledge isn't enough. You need wisdom. And what God does with the mind is that he doesn't just come to give you knowledge. He comes to give you wisdom. And so when he says that he comes into our heart, he's coming to reveal the violators of your heart. He's coming to expose all the things that need his healing. And this is what happens in 2 Corinthians. I want to read to you this passage, and it's, Uh, The Apostle Paul, this guy experienced more trauma in the Bible than any other disciple and follower of Jesus. And that's why it says, are they servants of Christ? Am I out of my mind to talk like this? I am more. I have worked much harder. I've been in prison more frequently. I've been flogged more severely. I've been exposed to death again and again. Five times, he says, I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Imagine what his back looks like. Does he even have one? Five times, he says, this happened to him. Three times, he says, I was beaten with rods. Once, I was pelted with stones. Three times, I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles. I've been in danger in the city and in danger in the country, in danger at sea and in danger even from false believers. I have labored and I've toiled and I've often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and I have often gone without food and I have been cold and I've been naked and besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Can we say that that's a lot? It's a lot, right? He's been through it. This guy's been through it. And because he's been through it, the the scriptures, when they talk about these things, they also describe the events in which they took place. I'm just going to put it up real quick and we're going to move past it. But it's just like here are are, are the situations that he's describing and where they took place. And the reason I want you to know this is because the first thing that Paul does, and I think this is really key, is that we have to process the trauma that we've been in. We've got to assess who the violators of our heart have been. And what he does in this passage is that he gives you a detailed events of how he has been violated in his heart. And it isn't just the harm that's been done to his mind and his will and his emotions, but it's also how it's been done to his body. It's the things that he's gone through. 
all those traumatic events, he's aware of what they are. And here's the first thing. If you don't know who has violated your heart, how do you expect God to heal you there? If you don't understand their part and your part in it, how do you expect to recover from that? How do you imagine life is going to be any different and not possibly putting you in a position where you're going to keep repeating the same mistakes if you don't understand what's happened to you in the first place? And you see, we've got to be able to identify the things that have violated our hearts. And he makes it clear that the reason he even begins to explain all these things is because there were a group of people who were saying that Paul wasn't enough. And he's like, what do you mean I'm not enough? What do you mean I haven't done enough? What do you mean I haven't gone through enough? And then he goes and begins to describe it. And the reason he does that is because he has to oppose the lie with the truth. You see, like, if, if, you, don't, if you don't know what the truth is, then how do you know what the lies are? When I hear a lie in my life, the only way I know it's a lie is if I know the truth. And I think a lot of us have been lying to ourselves and hearing lies and following lies and living our life according to lies that we have lost sight and have no clue what the truth is anymore. And so there's no way that you can know what the violation of your heart is if you are living according to the lie instead of the truth. And so when God comes into your heart, the first thing he does is that he exposes the lies. He reveals the deceptions. He shows you the schemes and the strategies of the enemies that you've had in your life, that you have in your life, and of the devil himself. That's what he promises to do. And so when we're talking about trauma revealing the violators of our heart, we're saying, God, would you reveal all the lies that I've been believing as truth? And would you show me your truth instead? And help me to live according to that truth every day. The second thing I want to speak to you about is, is how trauma reveals that we heal best in community. And one of the things that the Apostle Paul does is that he always puts this beautiful understanding on what it means to be a part of a community of faith and, and to be with people of faith. And when we talk about being in relationship with others, he's really talking about how that relationship is a spiritual one. And I think sometimes we have a best friend and we have really close people to us, but they are not equipped or capable of speaking God's truth into our lives through his scriptures. Not their interpretation, but literally his truth, which is not that hard to distinguish. I can always tell when it's someone's interpretation and when it's God's word instead. I can always make that distinction because I know that God's word is unchangeable, but people's opinion change all the time. And when we don't have consensus in the scriptures about a topic, then chances are it's not important enough to go to war over it. We can move past it and just focus on the things that matter the most because those are the truths 
to live by, and everything else is just extra knowledge that you need wisdom in being able to apply in your life. And so when it comes to being in community, look at what it says in 2 Corinthians 1, 3 to 4. It says, praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort that we ourselves receive from God. And God says that when he gathers us in community, it's for our comfort. And the first thing that we often tend to do when we are traumatized is that we want to be alone. We want to do life alone. We separate ourselves from others. And I want you to know that this is the lie that you have to expose if you're going to experience healing in your life. See, every time you feel like being a lie alone, I want you to know that that is a lie from the enemy. He is trying to separate you from his presence. and trying to separate you from the community that he knows you're going to find healing in. And he's going to talk to you about how you've been traumatized, maybe in that community. He's going to talk to you about how people have failed you. He's going to talk to you about how you were hurt in that community, how things didn't match up and measure up to the standard that you knew the community was supposed to hold. But I want you to know that even that is never a permanent situation or solution to your isolation, to you being alone. God is saying, I want you to overcome those things because where I'm going to heal you is going to be in community. And the verses that we just read were all about how God is the father of compassion, how he is the God of all comfort, how he comforts us in his troubles so that we can comfort anyone who is also in need. And so what God does is that he says, I'm going to give you the comfort you need in community so that you can now also be a blessing to others in that community. And so the answer is this. If you want to experience healing in your trauma, instead of pr prioritizing protection, I want you to seek connection instead. See, when we're traumatized, we want to protect ourselves, and so we go to places where we can do that. And we often do that by separating ourselves from people that have hurt us. But what God says is that you need to do this instead. You're going to heal best in community, but more importantly, stop prioritizing protection and start prioritizing connection instead. If you're going to be connected with others, you're going to see the accelerative power of God in your life and how he's going to be able to heal you better in community than not. Now, people who serve others and serve others with others are healthier people. They're happier people. They feel more fulfilled and more complete. And it's because even though they are not focusing on their trauma, what God is doing is that he's providing comfort in the community of comfort. See, church isn't just community, it's comfort. Because God is the one who is the father of compassion.
Here's the third thing. Trauma reveals itself when we press in to God. And it reveals the necessity of pressing in to Him too. I know that people, when they came to faith and they made a decision to serve God and to follow Jesus, things got worse, not better. Anybody else experience that? And, and the reason that happens is because what God is doing is that He's revealing the trauma. He's trying to heal you in the areas where you need healing. You can't go to a healer and not expect him to try to heal you. In, in the same way that you can't expect going to God and not expect him to ha not have compassion for you. If you need comfort, he'll provide that. But if you need healing, he is also the healer. And when you go into the presence of God, his intention is to heal you. It's to make you whole. That's, that's his focus. And so there's going to be pain involved in that because it's not always going to be something that you can just fix with a pill. It's going to sometimes need surgery that is not just going to be painful in the moment, but it's going to take time to heal and to recover. And you might need a lot of physio after that as well. There's going to be a lot more involved in that healing than you first expected and anticipated. And it may not take a few days or a few weeks. It may take years. And I need you to understand that that healing process that you are in is, is one that is absolutely essential, but the way that it's exposed and in the way that it's revealed is when we press into God. And so trauma is going to reveal that we press into God, and it's also going to be revealed because we've pressed into God. It's going to do both those things. And, and, and as a result, in 2 Corinthians in chapter 12, look what Paul again says in verses 9 and 10. He says to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. And therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. And that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And in verse 8, it actually tells us that Paul had to pray three times for something that was traumatic in his life to be removed and taken away. He asked three times, and then God responded in verse 9, my grace is going to be sufficient. And what happens sometimes is that the healing that we are looking for may look different than the one that we're asking for. And so because it looks different, and because it isn't how we have asked him for it, we think that God hasn't answered. But what Paul reveals is that when you press into God, he not only reveals the trauma, but he shows you that in that trauma, what you need to do is you need to keep pressing into God. And then all of a sudden, he's going to show you that the grace that he can offer you, the compassion, because he's the father of compassion, is going to be more than enough to help you to overcome this. Because what's sometimes missed in all of this 
is that nothing can change your past, but God can still heal your broken heart. And I know that this is not easy to accept, but I think it makes sense to all of us in this room. When we ask God to heal us in our trauma, what we're often asking him is to kind of almost like take it away, like it never happened. But God is saying, I can't do that. I can't change the past. But I can still heal your heart today. I can't undo what happened, but I can make you a new person today going forward forever. And that's where Paul says, your grace, God, is not what I wanted. What I wanted you to do was heal me the way that I wanted you to. I didn't want grace here. I wanted you to answer my prayer the way that I asked. But as he continued to press into God, God told him that he was going to do more than just that. He was going to bless him in ways that he never could have imagined. And that he was going to give him purpose in his trauma in a way that he could never have had had he not been allowed to go through it in the first place. And so in Psalm 34, 18, that's why it's important to know God's heart on this. He says that the Lord is always going to be close to the brokenhearted, that he's always going to save those who are crushed in spirit. Do you believe that today? Is this promise for you? Amen. Is this going to be something that you're going to be able to remember not just because of the trauma, but because of the pain that you continue to experience today, because of the wound that you have identified in your life. He's saying that he's close to you. And if he's close to you, he's saying that he's not just there watching things happen, but he's there to save you from the consequences. He's there to deliver you, to make sure that you survive it. Just like he helped Paul survive all of those tragedies and traumas in his life. See, Paul looks at everything that happened to him, the times that he was beaten, the times that he was whipped, the times that he was brought to the brink of death. And he looks back on all those times and he says, God was always close to me. And when other things and others tried to crush my spirit, God didn't let it happen. You want to believe that for you today? You want to claim that promise over your life? That whatever people have tried to do, whatever things in this life have tried to do, that they did not succeed because Jesus Christ is the one who saves you and delivers you today. Amen. He continues to be everything that you need him to be. And here's the last thing I wanted to share with you, and it's, that trauma reveals that we can pursue purpose in our trauma. And that's difficult, but it's what we keep seeing in the life of Paul. Everything that he talks about, everything that he describes, is that, that God had a purpose in it. And it's not that God wanted the trauma to happen, but it's, it's the way that God can redeem things. You know, there's trauma in my life because of mistakes I've made, but there's trauma in my life also because of the mistakes that others have made. My dad grew up in an incredibly abusive home. Um, 
he was abused. And it was because his dad was abused. And his dad was so abused that he abused his own family. He didn't abuse them sexually, he abused them physically. And, and my dad, all he knows and all he knew was, was that abuse. And one thing he promised that he would never do was that he would never abuse his children the way that he had been abused. And, and he stuck to that promise. I, I was hit by my dad and it was very, very few times. Um, but when they were, he just didn't know how to stop. Does that make sense? Like something had been unleashed in him and he just, there was no break. There was nothing that could get him to stop. He just didn't know how. And it was almost like he was going to a trance and, and it would require someone externally to, to stop him because he just didn't know how. And it's what he had lived and what he had experienced. And I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like this, but one of the things that traumatized me was the way that he would abuse my mother. And I remember as a, as a small child, like, you know, just getting between this, this big guy and, and, and my mom and trying to prevent him from beating her. If you've ever experienced that, it traumatizes you forever. There's nothing that, that saves you from then being able to love your father the way that you would want to because of, of seeing that and experiencing that. And if you've ever gone through that, I, I want you to know that God is your comfort in this place. And, and if you've been beaten and abused and if you've been taken advantage of and hurt in any way, then I, I want to pray that God just heals you right now and helps you to overcome that. But I, I just need you to know that there, is, there isn't just um, a story of trauma. There is healing for every trauma that every story has ever been said. And just like in my life, I, I never thought that God could heal my trauma and put me in a position where I could love my father and pray for him and, and care about him. There were times when my father was sick. And what I do for a living is I pray for sick people. I don't know if you know this, but I do that. And, uh, and I remember my father was, was at home in bed, and my mom had called me to come home. And, and, and I had gone to his bedside, and my, my dad was suffering from seizures at this point. And, um, and it wasn't looking very good at all for him. And, and my dad whispers, pray for me. And I couldn't. <sighs> Sorry, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> it's because he had violated my heart. Does that make sense? I just took everything in me to try to muster up just a few words of, of uh, faith to pray for a man that had, uh, had done such horrible things to my mom. And it was so hard. And I struggled through it. And I don't even know if that prayer was any good. Definitely not one of my best, that's for sure. And my dad could see that he, I was struggling with it. But I had been traumatized by him. And I didn't know if I wanted God to heal him. I don't know if I wanted God to save him. Is that, is that horrible? But that's what trauma does. You know, it, it makes you 
it turns you into a person you, you, don't, you don't admire, you don't respect, and you don't want to be. And maybe you've never experienced anything to the, to, to the extent that I'm describing, and maybe what you've experienced is far worse, but I think all of us have gone through things, and we can see how easy it is that, that trauma can reveal what our purpose is. My purpose was to help people. And in that moment, God showed me that I couldn't even be there for my father. How could I possibly think that I could be there for other people the way that he wanted me to? If he wasn't going to heal me from this, then I wouldn't be everything he wanted me to be in this life. And so God had to heal me in that room, even though I was praying for healing for my father that I really didn't want to see healed. But as I was doing that, as I was living out that moment, I realized what God was doing was that he was healing me but more importantly, he was showing me my purpose in my trauma. You see, what God does is that he's always going to give you an opportunity to see your purpose in the trauma. And that's what happened to Paul. And everything that he describes, he's not just describing traumatic events, but he's seeing God's purpose in all of them. Seeing he's able to talk about it differently because he sees the purpose. And I want you to imagine that, that the trauma that you've been through and the trauma that you've gone through, the trauma that you're still praying that God heals you from, that, that in this moment you may not have seen the purpose in it. But I need you to believe that there is purpose in it. And that God can turn things around for you and bring you the healing that you need. Because the trauma may not be your fault, but pursuing God for healing is still your responsibility. It is your responsibility. It is no one else's. This is your part in this. You're not responsible for the trauma, but you're responsible to be healed. So go to the healer, because he can do it. Go to God. He's ready to receive you and to bring healing into your life. He's ready to do it in a way that you could never, ever do on your own. Romans 8, 28 and we conclude with this verse. It says, and we know that in all things, God is always going to work for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Do you believe that for yourself? Let's go to him for our healing. It's the only way we're going to overcome the trauma. Did you notice how I still cried talking about my trauma? I want you to know that, you know, I'm healed from that. But it doesn't mean that we still don't get emotional from that. It doesn't mean that we just forget it. Because God is going to use every past trauma to reveal your current purpose. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. And so, Father, you know what we need. You know why we need it. You know the things we've gone through, the things that have been done to us, the things that we've also been the cause of. Lord, I pray that you would not just forgive us, but I pray that you would heal us. I pray that you wouldn't just help us to forgive others, but you would help us see the purpose in it so that we can move forward in the fullness of life that you have promised us. 
Lord, we don't want to be held back by, by, by the trauma anymore. We want to move forward in the healing that you have for us and, and fulfilling all the great things that you have in store for us. And I pray that you would do that for every person that is here today, for every person that is watching, for anyone who would listen to this at a later time. I pray, God, that the right things would just touch the right hearts and that you would do that which we could never do on our own right now. And that is bring healing to our trauma and give us peace of mind. In Jesus' name we pray it. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only he can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening and God bless you immensely.